Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we will explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Welcome. Today I have with me Trisha Goyer. Trisha is an author. She's written many books, but for this particular topic, we're going to be talking about her book, Calming Angry Children. I think that it's totally normal for your child to be, uh, to have anger. We all do. So it's just about how we can center it and make sure that it's appropriate. So Trisha's gonna, Trisha is going to share with us a little bit of her expertise, but first, why don't you give us a introduction, Trisha? Okay. Well, I'm Trisha Goyer. I'm married to John. We've been married 30 years and we have adult kids and I still have six at home. So we have 10 kids total. I've been homeschooling about 25 years. So that's a lot of years um, to homeschool. I'm an author, a speaker. I love speaking at homeschool conferences. Um, I've written over 80 books and yeah, one of them that you mentioned is Calming Angry Kids, which I wish I wasn't an expert on this one. Like I would have like totally been okay not being an expert, but um, uh, we ha- adopted six from foster care, seven kids total. And so with the kids trauma came a lot of anger, which meant a lot of therapy, a lot of me learning how to do things differently, um, to try new things. And so I, after everything that I learned, I'd get lots of emails and questions. And what did you do about this? What did you do about this? So I'm like, let me just put it in a book for you. And that's where Calming Angry Kids came from. Yeah. So that's the inspiration behind the book, which is great. Um, I, like I mentioned, everyone gets angry, right? So what is going, what did you learn is going on in kids' minds um, when it comes to anger? Why are they angry at a ba- very basic level? You know, everyone has, issue, you know, their own thing, but on a very basic level, what have you, what have you learned? Well, what I've learned is anger is powerful. And so sometimes when kids are sad, they become angry. When they're mad, they become angry. When they're anxious, they become angry because they don't like that weakness or feeling sad or anxious. They don't know how to handle those things. And so often it comes out in anger or, you know, for our, our adopted kids, they had been in trauma. And so often they didn't, they weren't taught like how to control emotions or I would do something that would remind them of something from their past and they would be angry. So when you adopt kids, there's all these different levels, but for, I mean, every kid, every one of us, usually if there's emotions going on, we find ourselves angry. And I think even as adults, like I, especially when we started adding more kids, like Fridays, the house would be a disaster. Everyone's cranky. There's homeschool books piled everywhere. I never got, you know, didn't get through everything I wanted to. And I find my, myself as I'm anxious thinking, we have all this curriculum we have to do. The kids aren't uh, cooperating. Um, the house is a disaster. As I'm anxious, then I find myself getting angry and frustrated, which really, when I stop, I'm like, I'm really upset because the house is a mess. Or I'm really upset because I was hoping we could move on to the next book and we're still, so really, it is going back to what is our emotions and often that comes out as anger, but there's always usually something else going on. Absolutely. Um, as a homeschool mom with, as you've said, many years of experience, 
what have you learned about you say relationships over rules? Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to dive into that a little bit deeper and, and talk about what you've learned. Yeah. When it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think because we are homeschool parents, we often think we want this time with our kids. And so I think initially we often start out with that intention, like we want this time together and to do crafts and bake and make games. And then somewhere in the middle of it, we forget about the relationship part. And we're just looking at the curriculum. We're looking about getting this done and they're not sitting still. And so we start adding up rules. And I remember when we adopted our kids, Um, Four of them were between the ages of 11 and 15, and they'd been in public school. So I'm like, I need to show them how homeschool is run. So we sat down, we started this time, we're going to do Bible study first. Like I had all these rules and it was not going well. First of all, they weren't used to me. They were used to being at a public school. They weren't used to how things were run. And instead of me just realizing like, oh, this is the time for us to get to know each other. Like they just, they hadn't even been living with us long. And I'm like, rule, rule, rule. And it was like out of my stress and frustration, this is not going well, realizing like, okay, I need to back off. I need to think about the relationship. Like we're still getting to know each other. Or even if you're having adopted kids, that what does my child enjoy? How can we tie that into our curriculum? Um, How can we, you know, think about what what subjects are interested in or game they might like to play and tie those things in and really think about the you know years from now we want to have that relationship not just that we were able to get through the math book and so I think so many times it's easier to think about the rules and it's easier to think about um, doing the next thing but it's kind of taking a step back and saying okay my ultimate goal is you know have a good relationship with my child and what do i need to do to foster that instead of just giving them more rules because no one likes a list of rules it just frustrates them it frustrates me and so um, considering like the hearts of our kids instead of just getting everything done that leads very well into we've heard a lot of people might be having issue with if they're new to homeschooling, mm-hmm. having issue with their kids, seeing them as mom and teacher. So do you have any advice on, on what, you know, that mom or teacher or mom or dad, I guess it could yeah. be one, um, could do um, to help that relationship? Yeah. And I think because, you know, it's easy to say, well, I'm teaching you now, you need to listen to me, this is the way things are going to go. And maybe if they were in public school or a private school, things were different before. Um, I think instead of just saying, well, this is my way or the highway, maybe say, you know, is there a, something that your teacher did that you liked? Or is what would be a way that, that we can maybe move subjects around or try to do things differently? I think kids often have good ideas, but we're always like, I'm the teacher now, you need to listen to me. And so, you know, things like when I would read out loud, they said, well, one of my teachers let us color and draw when she read. Okay, well, we could totally incorporate that. And so really looking at them and saying, what did you like about your teacher? Because not only, we have to remember, not only maybe are they missing that routine, but maybe they're missing their friends and doing things differently and having recess and having a Valentine's party or whatever it is and seeing how we can incorporate those types of things into our homeschool because then they feel like it's more something they're used to. Um, One thing that really helped my kids is writing everything on a whiteboard to let them know like this is what we're doing, this is where we're going, we'll be able to take a break here. And I know, I mean, part of the fun part is you can kind of relax 
and enjoy things when you're homeschooling, but it just helped my kids to be able to see like, we're going to do this and this, and then we can take a break. Um, and so really just looking at what things would help our child and what things um, can help us. And if you can meld them together, then, then it's really good. Absolutely. You talk a little bit about sometimes going down rabbit holes. Um, mm -hmm. So your kid will get into something and you um, let them explore that. Can you talk a little bit about what you've done there? Yeah, absolutely. So when we're studying a subject and um, maybe they're interested, like we've been doing um, the gold rush. And so they, how, well, how do they mine gold or what route do they take or what is the steamship? We'll start going on YouTube and looking up things. And we ordered, I ordered a gold panning kit. You can actually go to Amazon and get a gold panning kit. And I think when we're incorporating the things that they're interested in and the questions that they ask, then, you know, we're not always having the resistance. Because if we just sit there and like, we don't have time to go look up that because we have to get to this next thing, then it's not fun for them, I think. And that's where we often see the resistance, the anger, the frustration. And really, we're saying, no, you can't learn this, which you want to learn, because we have this other thing that we need to do. And yes, we'll we'll get to the other thing, but just letting them follow those trails, um, you know, go to the library, check on books on that subject, do all those things that helps them where they're not so frustrated and they're not so anxious. I think another thing that I do is, um, you know, if there's a worksheet they're supposed to fill out, if they can tell me the answers, you know, we'll save the writing for the writing time and they could just tell me the answers. We're done with that worksheet. Then we can go work on this kit that they got that, that has to do with whatever they're interested in. And so I think there's so many ways we're still getting the work done, but making it easier on our kids, making it more fun for our kids. And when it's something that they're interested in, then they will spend more time on it. You could maybe switch your writing project to what you had planned to go with your curriculum to my one daughter loves all kinds of dogs. So I'm like, okay, write me a story about a puppy. She's still getting her writing done. It may not be what the curriculum said, but it's getting her out of the funk of, I don't want to do that to something that she enjoys. Yeah. And sunlight, you know, it gives you the guide so you can follow mm -hmm. it. But remember that that's just a suggestion. You can take or leave whatever is working for you and you can um, make up your own thing, like yeah. writing dogs, which is totally yeah. doable. <laughs> or if, if you're finding like some of the stories, um, years ago, it was the, oh, what was the little guy's name? Little Pear, the Little yeah. Pear books. And our kid, my kids just love that so much. And so, you know, yes, maybe Monday, we're supposed to start a new book, but we just went and got some more Little Pear books. And that's okay. Like it's still, they were enjoying that. Um, Sunlight said, you know, we're just going to work on this book. And then, but my kids, were, I think we read three Little Pear books and that's okay. Cause they were loving it. They were enjoying it. So, I mean, yes, it is. And I love the guides and I love the books, but sometimes it's okay to like go off over here a little bit. You're, we're always going to come around. Um, and some of the books that we don't finish in the year, we do a summer reading and then they get earned prizes. So, you know, it's, you're still getting everything done, but you want them to love learning, enjoy learning. And if they're not having fun and we're just a taskmaster over them and everyone's getting angry and frustrated, then it doesn't really, kids can't learn when they're angry and frustrated. We don't teach well when we're angry and frustrated. So the more flexible we can be, it really helps. Right. And to that end, because it's literature based, you're going to revisit a bunch of these subjects. So Judy, one of my coworkers always says, you're not going to have a George Washington shaped hole in your history. If you skip one book on George Washington, because we'll revisit him mm -hmm. numerous times throughout. So this will happen um, for, for all of the books that you read. 
things will Absolutely. be so yeah. um so tell me a little bit about how you would handle the refuse the absolute refusal to do any work yeah that's a good question and usually i would say 99% of the time it there's something else going on with that kid they might be tired they might be hungry they might feel overwhelmed um I was, my three youngest kids, I was trying to teach them to read. They're all in this little pocket. They're all a couple years apart, but I was teaching them all at the same time because that's always helpful. And they would just get so frustrated. And finally, I realized like this is not working. And it turns out all three of them were dyslexic. Two of them are biologically related. One of them is not, all three of them. And so here I am trying to get them to read. They're frustrated. They're writing their letters backwards. And so sometimes there's something more going on. Um, and I think with this pandemic, I mean, just realize like everyone is out of sorts. Um, often, you know, they can't do the activities. They can't play with the neighborhood kids. They can't do all the things they're used to. And that just makes them frustrated too. So usually when I see that, um, I think our first tendency is to discipline. Like you need to stop that. You're not gonna be able to watch TV later. Like we're jumping to a discipline. And then that just makes them mad. That makes us mad. Like that can just continues. And usually I'll say, um, and it helps if you name it. I'll say, you seem angry, what's going on? And sometimes they're like, I'm just frustrated. And so it gets them actually out of their emotional brain to their thinking brain, because they're thinking of what's going on. Or I'm just sad because it's so-and-so's birthday and I'm not gonna be able to go there. So when you start talking about what's going on, it takes them from those emotions and um, you know the anger and the, breaking the pencil or whatever they're doing and they start thinking and they start conversing and so even though it seems completely unnatural and they seems like they're being disrespectful the calmer we could say which you know if my, my, one of the therapists says if you escalate with your child neither one of you are going to get anywhere <laughs> like you're both just gonna get angry so if you could say say stay calm and say I see you're angry what's going on or do you want to tell me about it and sometimes they won't want to tell you about it and I'll just say okay you know you just put your head down for a couple minutes take a deep breath and you know move on to something else and then come back to that um but usually if you say you know you're angry you're frustrated what's going on they want to tell you and it doesn't help um and i would do this for i mean for a long time before i realized it wasn't helping if they would say i'm upset because it's raining i want to go out i'm like just get over it it's fine you go out tomorrow uh, it doesn't help things because I know when I'm angry or mad about something or sad about something, if someone says it's no big deal, don't worry about it. I'm like, why are you telling me what I should do with our emotions? And so often I'll say, yeah, that makes me sad too, or that makes me angry too. I could tell that that's disappointing. And again, going back to the conversation we could start talking about it instead of just saying, you're not going to do this, or you need to change this, or you shouldn't feel that way. The conversation knows that we empathize with them. We feel that way too sometimes. Let's talk about this. And sometimes I'll say, you know, let's, let's take a breather. We'll come back to this in 10 minutes. And then just knowing that you are listening to them, that you care, that you want to know what's going on, often they're able to pull themselves out of it and and actually do the work. Or maybe sometimes we'll just say, you know what, this is a hard day to do this. We'll come back to this tomorrow. Why don't we pick up this book and read it? Why don't we do a craft project? Um, if if it's if it's 
not typical for that kid to do that, then that's easier to do. If it gets more to be a daily thing, then maybe, you know, look at more what's the bigger picture, what's really going on. Is it struggle learning? Is it they're not getting enough sleep? Is it they're getting too much electronics? And you can kind of see what's going on with them. Um, but if it's just an occasional thing, it's okay to say, yeah, this is a hard day. Let's, you know, not worry about these heavy subjects. Let's do something lighter and move on. Absolutely. What, what are, what are age appropriate ways to express anger? So you and I, you know, I guess it's really hard to know how to express anger, no matter what age you are. (laughs) Yeah. I think age appropriate. I mean, often little kids, when they, when they can't do things that they want to do, especially because we're homeschooling all kinds of ages and they say the big kids are playing with the hot glue gun and I want to, I mean, often those little kids are just out of their frustration, not, not be able to do something. They'll get anger. We might see those little tantrum type of things. I mean, we should not see uh, elementary school or high school are like throwing a tantrum <laughs> like that. I mean, you know, they really need to move. And if you find that your kid is struggling with anger and can't control your anger, that's a great time to get um, a really good uh, counselor or therapist to work with your child. And one of our kids, um, we just realized like she didn't know what to do with her emotions. She didn't know how to calm herself down. And so they worked with getting her a calm bag where it had bubbles and a stress ball and different things. So when she started feeling that way, she knew she had to be trained to go to her bag and get those things and use them. And I think so many times, like we teach our kids, how to brush their teeth and how to make a sandwich and how to write their alphabet. But we often don't even teach them how to express their anger or we don't give them the space to do that. And so I would always like, especially with the bigger kids, go after them. You need to stop acting that way. Well, that's not helping anything. And the therapist is like, go, I've taught her her skills, give her some space, (laughs) let her go calm down. And so, you know, often I'll say, why don't you go do your calm bag? Or why don't you go chill out for a while and come back when you're ready? And that gives them the space to work on those skills. But first we have to teach them. And I think we can start teaching them when they're young. You know, if you get stressed, you know, take a deep breath, um, release your fist, um, you know, go to a quiet place where you can get control of your emotions. We, we need to teach our kids these things. And then the older they get, hopefully they can learn to express their anger in better ways. And I know sometimes like when I'm angry, I can feel my heart pounding. I can start feeling myself stressed and I have to learn like mom's going to go chill for five minutes. <laughs> like you guys can yeah. take a break. I'm going to go chill. I'm going to go take a deep breath. I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go read some scripture verses. And so it's like actually a good model. If you say, I'm getting a little angry right now, I'm going to go calm down. And then, you know, later you can say, you know what, it just really helped me to go pray and take a deep breath. So then we're modeling what to do when we get angry and teaching them ways to act when they're angry. Absolutely. I always say that I need a timeout. I need yeah. a timeout. I need a timeout. Yes. I, my 12 year old's always like, but, but I'm like, no, no, I need a timeout. <laughs> exactly. I need a and, moment. It's, and it's okay. It's okay to take that timeout. Um, and one, another thing that I learned from one of the therapists, often when our kids are upset about something, they'll say things to get us mad. They'll say things to get us upset. And she says, you know, when your daughter does that, if you're angry, then she's not the bad guy. Like all of a sudden she's like, you're yelling at me. And so the therapist is like, if you stay calm, then you win. Like you can stay calm. You could be the rational one. You could help your child. So when they're doing that stuff and you don't love me or you're mean, and I know what they're doing. I know they're trying to get me angry because suddenly if I'm angry too, then, then they can like 
become a victim instead of dealing with the anger. And so I'm always telling myself, okay, stay calm, have a timeout, <laughs> you know, step away. And the more we can do that and stay calm, it really helps our kids. Absolutely. So what about sibling rivalry? That word gets me every time. I know. But <laughs> what what do you how do you handle that? You have a lot of kids at home that you're mm-hmm. teaching. So do you ever have those conflicts? And then how would you navigate that? Yeah. And I think with that, different kids have different needs. And so I'm always praying like, God, show me today which kid needs what. And so often if you see that between siblings, it may be because one of those kids are not getting their needs met in some way. And then they see another child. For example, we had a teenager that was going through a lot of struggles. And so we're having to do extra therapy sessions and parent therapy sessions. And um, the therapist suggested we do uh, parent daughter dates. And like, we're trying to help this one child. Well, all the other kids just think, well, she's acting out, but she gets all this extra attention. And so then they're like mad at her because we have, and we realize like, oh, what they really want is they want more time with us. And so then we're like, we're doing mommy or daddy dates with all the kids. And so we said once a week, either my husband and I are taking a child out to lunch or even like to go through drive-thru and get a smoothie, like something, because we realized that that rivalry, the sibling rivalry was really, they just want some private time they want some attention or like one of my daughters loves to do crafts and so if I could just sit down like hey you want to make this I got this little craft kit like it's filling their love tanks and so often if we see them acting out against the sibling it's often because they're not getting their love tanks filled and they're not having that time with us but also some personalities just clash (laughs) like uh we have some personalities that are super loud and we have some that are more quiet and they don't like all the loudness and so i will make sure they're sitting apart i you know i'll do things because i know like this loud personality is really going to stress out this quiet personality so i'll say you know what do you want to take your book up to your room and you work on your stuff there because it is really instead of just saying be kind to each other you guys need to get along. You can start understanding like, okay, I can see why this child is frustrated with this other child. I can see what they're, they feel like they're not getting attention and kind of, I guess, looking at them individually and saying what needs need to be met in that child right now can really help us. And I think the more we help them, then it helps kind of the relationships with each other too. Perfect. I'm going to switch gears just a bit because you also have another book called, um, the grumble free year. Yes. And so I want to sort of tie these two together a little bit because I want to know if that the experiencing the grumble free year has helped with um, sort of navigating some of those anger issues with yeah. children. Absolutely. And so I think when we started, we're like, we're going to try for a year to not grumble, knowing. We're going to be grumbling, but we're going to be working on it. So we learned scripture verses. We t- we read the Bible stories, like the Israelites. We read all of the like the um, story of the Israelites in the desert, and they're like, "I'm so tired of these Israelites grumbling." Grumbling. I'm like, "I know," and that's how we are. And so we did some things through that year that helped us. But really, what it came down to is realizing like each of us grumble, and each of us can control either we're going to grumble or be grateful. And in the middle of the year, um, I'm, you know, I'm like, we're homeschooling, we're trying to work on not grumbling. My grandma who lives with us, she's 91 now, she broke her back. And I'm like, okay, not only am I 
taking care of the kids and homeschooling. Her her bedroom is right next to the dining room where we homeschool. She couldn't sit up by herself. I'd have to go in there and help her to use the bathroom, like all these things. And I remember just feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to not be grumbling. And there's even more pressure going on. And in the middle of one of our days, we heard grandma in there just singing praises. She was, she can't even sit up by herself. She's in a back brace um, and she's just singing. And I'm like, looking at the kids, I'm like, listen to that. And all of us realize like we grumble about little things and grandma's in there with a broken back and she's just praising God. And that was really a turning point for us um, to say like, should we be grumbling about this? And I realized like when I realized I'm starting to grumble and I apologize, then pretty soon my kids started to grumble. When they started to grumble, they would stop and apologize. And it, and I would say by the end of the year, I could really see a big difference where someone would catch themselves when they started grumbling and instead find a way to be thankful. And often, yes, anger starts as little grumbles and then little grumbles grow. And so if we could just focus on the things we're grateful for and the things um, that we appreciate about each other. That's another thing. My One of my daughters would always grumble when I asked her to do her kitchen chore. She would just be in there grumbling. And I realized it was because I would go in there and say, you didn't wipe out down the counter right, or you didn't do this and they're still dirty. So here I am picking on her that she's doing not doing everything right. And so she, of course, who wants to go do a chore when you have mom in there doing that? And so when I went in there, started saying, I appreciate you. Wow, this is really clean. Like this one little spot <laughs> is really clean. Pretty soon she's like, oh, I can do more. I can clean this whole spot. And then I just go praising her. And so a couple those couple things, when we can look at things we're grateful for instead of grumbling. And when we start praising our kids and catching them doing things right, um, then it just brings up the attitude of everyone in the home. And then if you're, you know, getting praise and wow, you did a really good job writing your name on this, your paper, and I can see your letters are neater. And um, wow, you got eight out of 10 on your spelling test. Instead of saying, you didn't study those two words, <laughs> you know, whatever, you did a great job. The more we praise them, then the grumbling doesn't come and then the anger doesn't come. So yeah, we could definitely, it's kind of like nipping it at the bud when we could be grateful and we could praise our kids then we can stop a lot of the anger that's going to be happening. Absolutely. This has been great advice. I'm so grateful that you joined me. Thank you so much. And I hope that um, our audience finds this beneficial, as beneficial as I do. <laughs> okay. I talked to you. I'm like, give me more knowledge. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I love always talking with you and thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Bye.